Hello, I'm Pastor Keith Babb III, and I want to thank you so much for tuning into the podcast of the Way Church of Tampa Bay. Our desire is that as a result of the word, that you no longer settle with simply coming to church, but you become the church. I pray that you enjoy this broadcast and that it challenges you, that it convicts you, and that it changes you. Thank you again, and let's enter into today's message. Can we begin to bless his name? and honor the God that we serve. So grateful to see many of you in the house of the Lord. If we can just stand to our feet in reverence of God's holy word, I believe that God has received our worship this morning, so I don't want to belabor the time. I want us to go to Numbers chapter 27. Numbers chapter 27. Looking at verses 1 through 7. I'm going to conclude the matter I've been on this sermon series entitled, The Lord Remembered Her, Highlighting God's Heart for Women. Numbers chapter 27, it's on your screen if you don't have your Bibles. The Bible reads as thus, Then came the daughters of Zelophehad, the son of Hepher, the son of Gilead, the son of Machir, the son of Manasseh, from the families of Manasseh, the son of Joseph, and these were the names of his daughters, Malah, Noah, Haglah, Makai, Tezra. And they stood before Moses, before Eleazar the priest, and before the leaders and all the congregation by the doorway of the tabernacle of meeting, saying, notice what these daughters said, our father died in the wilderness, but he was not in the company of those who gathered together against the Lord. In other words, somebody say he was faithful. In company with Korah, he died in his own sin and he had no sons. Why should the name of our father be removed from among his family? Because he had no son. Give us a possession among our father's brothers. So Moses brought their case before the Lord. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, The daughters of Zelophehad, speak what is right. You shall surely give them a possession of inheritance among their father's brothers and cause the inheritance of their father to pass to them. I love what it says concerning these daughters in verse number two. It says that they stood before Moses, before Eleazar the priest, and before the leaders and all the congregation by the doorway of the tabernacle of the meeting, saying, our father died. But I love this in verse number four. Why should the name of our father be removed from among his family? Because he had no son. Give us a possession among our father's brothers. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I I want you to tell whoever's sitting next to you, don't give up. Tell tell them again, don't give up. I want to minister from this thought this morning. He remembers steadfast women. The Lord remembers women that are steadfast. Uh, It's important to note, and I, I ministered on this last week, but there's a difference between sacrificing and remaining steadfast. Somebody say, there's a difference. There's this difference because notice this, sacrifice can be confined to a singular moment. But steadfast requires continual movement. Many folk know how to sacrifice in a moment, but not many people know how to continue. Somebody say, I got to remain steadfast. And herein lies one of the problems with many believers. We love and we want God to acknowledge our sacrifice, but many of us don't want to accept his call to remain. We y'all know we like to move. We want God to move because we did one thing for him. We we said that we sacrificed. We gave out of our lack. I did this when no one was watching. God, I sacrificed, but I need and I need you to move. But not many people except watch this, his call to remain. Somebody say I gotta be steadfast. We like we think we can manipulate God by way of sacrifice, but God is really asking you to be steadfast. And it's what the old saints were meant when they said they're going to run on and see what the end going to be. Uh, we got a generation of believers that don't like to run on and see what the end going to be. When life hits you, you want to get stopped in your tracks. 
Somebody may be saying, why is this significant, Pastor Keith? Why do I need to be steadfast? Because I need you to understand that God does not desire, neither does he need short-term believers, but he needs steadfast believers. Uh, many of us get hurt so easy. Many of us fall out of the race so easy, and we wonder why God is not showing us favor because many of us are short-term believers. We've got to be steadfast in this journey. This is why the Bible declares that the race is not given to the swift. So in other words, uh, this means the Lord needs women that when your man walks out on you, that you continue to walk with the Lord. Uh, when people forsake you, that you can continue to be faithful to the Lord. And when even watch his loved ones lie on you, that you can continue to love on the Lord. Somebody say remain steadfast. Oh, because watch this. If your faith is dependent upon a man staying in your house, somebody say you got bigger problems to deal with. Uh, you got bigger problems to deal with. If your faith is dependent upon people staying in your life, watch this. I've been pastoring for about, about four years. Somebody say about four years. And I've seen the congregation shift from week to week, from day to day, from month to month. And if my faith was dependent upon people who remained in my life, I've got bigger problems to deal with. Uh, I've got to remain steadfast. I say steadfast. Uh, and here's the good news. When we remain steadfast, the Lord remembers us. I need God to remember me when folk forget about me. I need God to remember we, me when folk lie on me. I need God to remember me when folk walk out of my life. And this is why Paul admonished believers with these words in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58. Notice what the Bible says. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. And here's the good, good news, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. I need us to see something. This word steadfast in this text is the Greek word, which means to not move off course. Uh, if I want to remain on course in the way in which God is trying to get me to go, somebody say, I've got to remain steadfast. I've got to remain steadfast and watch this. I need us to see something. So in other words, Paul was encouraging believers that if we continue to move with him, to move for him and to move in him, here's the good news. God will move for us. Did y'all catch what I just said? If I can continue, watch this, to move with God, to move in God and to move for God, God will move for me. So maybe the reason that God has not moved for me is because I failed to remain, someone say, steadfast. Uh, if you want God to move for you, you got to be steadfast. And here lies what the enemy wants us to believe, that it does not profit us to remain persistent in our walk with God. Uh, Y'all know how folks say you're doing too much. You're going to church too much. You're on your face too much. You're fasting too much. And the enemy wants you to believe that you do not profit anything for being persistent in your walk with God. And any believer that has ever seen profit from their walk with God are believers that have remained, watch this, persistent. The enemy wants you to believe that there's no fruit to remain faithful in their pursuit of the things of God. Because watch this. Why does the enemy want us to believe that? Because he knows that God has some stuff set aside for us. And the only way that we can take hold of what has been set aside for us is if we remain steadfast. Y'all hear what I just said? The only way that I can take hold of some stuff that has been set aside for me is to remain steadfast. God says there's been some stuff, somebody say laid up. And I, I don't, I don't want to give y'all anything that's not in the book. If you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. Romans chapter 11 verse 22. It reminds us that the goodness of God would be our portion if we continue, watch this, in his goodness. That means, watch this, there are some good things that believers fail to receive because believers fail to remain steadfast. I could be on the doorstep of what God has set aside for me, but if I cause the enemy or allow the enemy to stop me in the journey, I miss out on what God has set aside for me. Somebody say, remain steadfast. I've got to remain steadfast. It's a sad tragedy, y'all, that God can have some stuff set aside for you. And the only reason you don't take hold of it is because you don't know how to remain steadfast. 
So as believers and as women of God, our desire should be, watch this, to receive all that God has set aside for me. And I think here's the good news to know. That, I, that people in my life don't dictate what's been set aside for me. Did y'all catch what I just said? Many of us distort what God is trying to do in our life and we think because pe- we need people to get what God has set aside for me. And somebody say the devil is a lie. God is only concerned about my walk remaining steadfast. So hear this. The Lord, we've got to make sure that some things that you've been praying for, you've got to remain steadfast concerning to be able to receive. Some pursuits that God has given to you require that you remain steadfast. And there's some promises over your life that the Lord has spoken requires you to remain steadfast. Because in order for us to see the fruit of our prayers, the fruit of our pursuits, and the fruit of our promises, we must remain steadfast. And this is why I believe we find the daughters of Zelophehad in our text. They remained steadfast. The Lord remembered them and they were able to receive what the Lord had set aside for them. And I too believe this can be our portion. I believe whatever prayers you've been praying for in this season, whatever pursuits that the Lord has placed on your heart, and whatever promises God has spoken over your life can be your portion if you remain steadfast. But here's the critical question we got to ask ourselves. I've got to ask myself, how does the Lord remember us when we remain steadfast? What what does it look like to receive what has been set aside for us when we remain, somebody say, steadfast? Those are critical questions we got to ask ourselves. I will be in this journey walking aimlessly, but I believe we find the answers to these questions in our foundational text. I believe we can glean wisdom from these daughters so that the Lord might remember us when we remain steadfast. So here's my prayer this morning is that as women and and listen, somebody say he's talking to all of us. I know this women's month, but I'm talking to all of y'all. We all need to remain steadfast. So let's examine our text. I want us to look at verse number five. Notice what the Bible says. The Bible says, so Moses brought their case before the Lord. Here's the good news concerning your continued pursuit in God, that you have a partner in your pursuit. Uh, Somebody say, I've got a partner. Somebody may be saying, what do I mean? We never have to pursue alone because watch this, we've been given an advocate. Somebody say an advocate. Uh, That that, that means there's somebody on my side in this, this thing called my pursuit. Uh, I've been given this advocate. I need us to see something. Notice what 1 John chapter 2, verse 1 says. The Bible says we have an advocate who pleads our case before the Father. That's good news right there for me, y'all, that I've got an advocate. And he is Jesus Christ, the one who is truly, somebody say, righteous. Why is this significant for us to have an advocate? Because we can have hope in our request when the one that is advocating for us is holy. Uh, somebody say, that's good news. So that means as you plead, watch this, you have an advocate. As you pray, God says, I've given you an advocate. And as you make petitions, someone say, I've got an advocate. And watch this, not only do you just have an advocate, but I've got an advocate that's holy. Here's why this is good news. Because God's sanctuary is reserved for those who are holy. That's Psalm chapter 1, verse 5. To stand before God, somebody say, I've got to be holy. That's Psalm 24 and 4. And even for God to hear those that speak, it requires that they be holy. Somebody say, I got to be holy. Why is this so significant? Because the Bible says in this flesh dwells no good thing. The Bible says even my righteousness is as filthy rags. So as I present a request to God, I've got to be holy to stand before him. So God says, I know that your, your righteousness is as filthy rags. I know in you dwells no good thing. So I'm going to give you an advocate. Somebody say, that's holy. Oh, that's good news to me, y'all. That I can have somebody that can stand before God who is innocent before him. Now, I don't know about nobody else, but that's good news to me. Because watch this. I mess up, somebody say, every day. So I need an advocate. Somebody say, that's holy. So God says, if you remain steadfast, I'll give you an advocate who can advocate for your request. 
Oh, that's good news to me, y'all. This is why 1 John 2, 1 speaks of our advocate as the one who is truly righteous. When our request, watch this, can be made by one who is righteous, it's promised to be received. Y'all know how many of us can pray amiss? The Bible says that we can pray amiss. We can pray out of our flesh. We can make requests that not be not be received by God. But God says, I've given you an advocate and he's righteous. And watch this. Whenever the righteous one takes our request to God, they're promised to be received. Now, that's good news to me, y'all, that I've got an advocate. It's our request that God promises to receive. And this is why when the Lord remembers steadfast women, he advocates for your request. Consider what our foundational text says concerning the request of the daughters of Zelophehad. The Bible says, so Moses brought their case before the Lord. Moses advocated for these daughters' requests. And consider what the Lord himself spoke concerning in Moses uh, in, in Numbers chapter 12, verse 7. And notice what it says. Not so with my servant Moses. He is faithful in all my house. Somebody say he was holy. Uh, in other words, Moses was a holy advocate. This means, watch this, when we can continue to pursue. Somebody say don't give up. The Lord will remember us by giving us an advocate that is pure. Uh, all you got to do is not give up. I know it may hurt. I know you got folk around you that's telling you to give up on the journey. But somebody say, I've got an advocate. It's something when, I, listen, I'm a former athlete. And it's different when you've got somebody that's pushing you in the race. Uh, God says that I got an advocate for you. I've got somebody when you're tired, he'd plead on your behalf. When you don't feel like praying, he'll pray on your behalf. Somebody say, I've got an advocate. And listen, you can act all deep like you want to, but there's some times in the journey where you can't pray for yourself. Where you can't even pick up the phone and ask somebody to pray for you. When I don't want to get on my knees. And I told y'all this, the pastor, sometimes the pastor don't want to come to church on Sunday. So I need an advocate. Somebody say, I've got an advocate. Oh, that's good news to me, y'all, that I've got this advocate. And here's a word of wisdom. When you're trying to remain steadfast, you at least need some to be connected to some folk that are sanctified. Y'all heard what I just said? What? Because y'all know folk, if you ain't got sanctified folk around you, whoo, somebody say, I need some folk that are sanctified. Because watch this. The enemy and people know how to hinder you from God when you're trying to remain steadfast. Know when, when, when I'm trying, it's like that's when folks start trying to hinder me to get to God. I need y'all to see something in the text. I'm not making stuff up. Notice what's in our text. Notice what these daughters face. Go back to the next slide for me. Uh, uh, no, no, I need right there. Notice this. The Bible says that they stood before Moses, before Eleazar the priest. Somebody say clergy. Boy, sometimes it's hard to be in the face of church folk when you're trying to remain steadfast. Then the Bible says before the leader, somebody said there was a crowd. Oh, and then all of the congregation. So I believe, I listen, I don't like to add stuff to the text, but there potentially were some critics. I know that these daughters, watch this, that their father had no son. Y'all know, and I know the law, so they were ineligible, watch this, to receive the inheritance. Somebody say there's some critics. Uh, sometimes when you're trying to remain steadfast, you can face some church folk, you can face a crowd, and you can face some, potentially some critics. And so watch this, what am I trying to say? When you have people who try to hinder you from God, you need some people around you that know how to get a hold of God. Somebody say sanctified folk. Listen, when I want to cuss, I need some folk like Miss Cindy around me that's going to let me. Watch this. When I can't get a hold of God, y'all got to hear what I'm trying to say. So when I try to lose it, when the enemy wants to push me in my flesh, I've got some folk that's going to tell me, Pastor Keith, don't do that. I need some folk around me that said you've been through this before and I know you can get through it again with God on your side. Somebody said I need some sanctified folk. And the reason watch this, a lot of y'all can't remain steadfast is because of the folk that's around you. Oh, somebody say I, ain't, I need some sanctified folk. Because here lies one of the reasons that many believers struggle to remain steadfast is because, watch this, many believers have the wrong folk around them. Listen, I'm not talking about folk that go to church, but I'm talking about folk that know God. 
ain't talking about folk that like to post the pictures that look at my pastor. He's a bishop. He's an apostle. But your your behind is nasty. I need some folks. Somebody say that. No, God. Some sanctified folk. Because when I can't, when folk try to hinder me from getting to God, I need some folk that know how to get a hold of God. Because watch this. Despite what you believe, your circle can keep you from continuing in God. One of the things that I love about my wife is when I want to give up, she always, she never feeds into my flesh. I just want to tell her how bad my day is. I just want to tell her how these folk getting on my nerves at my job. I just need somebody to watch this to empathize with me. But she never does. She always gives me what God has spoken over my life. Some, you know what? Sometimes we folk want folk to empathize with us, but sometimes we need somebody to give us God's word on the matter. Matter of fact, not just sometimes. Somebody say all the time. When my mind is trying to go in other places, I need somebody to watch this. This is why the Bible says that do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So when I try to conform to the world, I need some folk that got word in them. That can cause my mind, somebody say, to be transformed. Oh, in other words, that I might remain, somebody say, steadfast. And notice this, this is why Psalm 1-1 reminds us with these words. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. Because watch this, y'all may not like this, but who you are connected to can determine if you remain steadfast. I'm not saying don't minister to sinners. I'm not saying don't, because the Bible says that Jesus ate and sat with sinners. But some of y'all, somebody say sinners is y'all homeboys. See, y'all don't like that. Y'all best friends is sinners. When you get around them, ain't no ministering. Y'all doing something, but it ain't no ministering. Somebody say change your circle. Because watch this, here the good news is, is that I have, somebody say, an advocate. When God, when it's hard to remain steadfast, God gives you an advocate. When you can't pray for yourself, you need some folk that know how to pray for you. Somebody say, pray for me. So here's the first thing that I need you to know. When the Lord remembers us, he gives us an advocate for our request. Now, here's the other thing. I, I think this is good news right here. Look at verse number six and seven. The Bible says, and the Lord spoke to Moses saying, the daughters of Salophahad speak what is right. If we can be honest, it can be difficult to remain patient when we don't see the fruit of our pleading. Y'all know that when you asking God, this is what my wife was talking about in the pulpit. When, when folk feel like what we, we've been praying so long and we see no level of fruit. I don't know about y'all, but that can give that that can make you irritated. Uh, that I've been praying for this, that I've been laboring for this, that I've been on my face for this, and it can be somebody say hard to remain patient. Uh, and the struggle for many believers is as they try to remain steadfast with their pursuits and their prayers, is that they always don't see the fruit. And when we fail to see fruit, it may seem, watch this, as if our prayers and our pleading to God is in vain. Uh, that's just the reality, y'all. We're wondering if God really going to do it. We, we know his promises are yes and amen. But when I don't see no fruit, somebody say it's hard to believe. It's hard to believe. That means it can be easy to give up when you pray for that unbelieving child and you see no fruit. Somebody say it's hard to believe. It's easy to give up when you plead, watch this, for that unrepentant spouse and you see no level of fruit. God, you said that the sanctified or the saved wife would save the unbelieving husband, but I see no fruit. And when you make petitions for that unforgiving friend, you told me to turn the other cheek. You told me to give them my cloak as well, but I see no fruit. I don't know about y'all, but I'm trying to be real. It can cause you to give up. When your word told me to do this and I see no level of fruit. Uh, but the good news, hear this, is that the Lord remembers steadfast women by affirming your response. What do I mean? Consider what the Lord said concerning the daughters of Zelophehad in our foundational text. The Bible says that the daughters of Zelophehad speak what is right. Hear this. This means when you plead or pray for a just cause, God will justify your plea. Now that's good news to me. 
whenever my cause is just, God will justify my plea. Oh, that's good news. I don't know if anybody called that to God justify my plea. Somebody say that. So hear this. That means as long as your pursuit is just, somebody say it got to be just. Even if you call out to God, even if you cry to God, he will justify your plea. Now hear this. It's important to know when you have a just cause, the enemy always wants you to keep your mouth closed. The reason why it's so that we feel like we're overwhelmed with this sense of being unable to pray because the enemy knows that your cause is just and he doesn't want you to open your mouth. He wants you to keep it closed. Y'all know it's always hard, even when it feels right. I know I've been hurt by these people. I know that my cause is just. God, I'm praying somebody say, for a good thing. Do you always notice that the enemy will try to hinder your pleas? Will try to hinder your prayers? Because he wants you to keep your mouth closed. Somebody say, he wants me to keep my mouth closed. Listen, how do I know this? I never say nothing that's not in the book. I need us to see Psalm chapter 40, verse 2. 12. Notice this. I know that the Lord will maintain the cause of the afflicted. Somebody say, I know that. You've got to know that. And justice for the poor, that means if I could just open up my mouth, God says he'll justify my cause. That means, watch this, he hears and holds up a just cause. So watch this. This is why it's so good to be connected to sanctified folk and you got to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Because even when you don't see fruit in the natural, you got to know what God is doing in the spirit. Did y'all catch what I just said? Even when I don't see what's happening in the natural, I need to know what's going on in the spirit. So here this, God says that although you don't see it in the natural, I hear your plea. Even though I don't see it in the natural, he hears my prayers. And watch this, he says he holds them up as well. So all I've got to do, watch this, is wait on God to move. So I'm going to say, open up my mouth and wait on God to move. Now that's good news to me. The reason, watch this, and the reason I can remain steadfast is because I know God's going to move. The reason I won't give up, because I know God's going to move. Somebody say, if I got a just cause, nobody can hinder me. The enemy can't deter me. He can't discourage me. I know what it looks like in the natural. But God says that he'll maintain the cause of the afflicted. Somebody say, God's going to move. I know what it looks like now. But somebody say, open up your mouth and God's going to move. The enemy always wants you to keep your mouth closed when your cause is just. So hear this. Because the Lord knows how to affirm your response. So here's the critical question. I know that may sound good. I know y'all may like that. But here's the the real question. Is your cause just? Maybe the reason God ain't moved yet because your cause ain't just. Are you responding and asking God concerning a cause that is just? And watch this. Here lies one of the reasons why the Lord doesn't affirm the response of some believers. is because your cause, I hate to tell you this, somebody say it was not just. So watch this. Your prayer to have that man was not just. Somebody say it wasn't just. Your petition for that money, somebody say it wasn't just. Because you ain't going to sow it into God's work anyways. Somebody say it was not just. Oh, you want that man and you know he raggedy. Somebody say it wasn't just. And watch this. I know you may not like this. I know it was Mother's Day just a few weeks ago. But you pleading for your mama when you knew she was wrong was not just. See, y'all don't like that. If I want God to affirm my response, I've got to first discern if this cause is just. And this is why many folk think they're manipulating God. You'll get prophets to say, sow this seed, and God's going to do exactly what he told you he's going to do. And somebody say, the cause was not just. But folk, watch this. I don't need to sow no seed. I just need to make sure my, watch this, my cause is just. And if my cause is just, God's going to move. Now that's good news. The problem with a lot of believers is you don't know how to discern if your cause is just. Somebody say, get in your word. Get in your, if you can't get in your word, get around some folk that know the word. Oh, my cause wasn't just. This means you need to make sure your request is just. Watch this before you make your request known. 
Oh, I need, I hope y'all caught that. Y'all know when the Bible says that um, to make our requests known with thanksgiving and the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard our hearts and mind in Christ Jesus and we wonder why we've not yet to receive any level of peace. Maybe the cause, maybe the request was not just. Somebody say make your request just. Okay, see y'all don't like that. You thought if you just prayed with thanksgiving and made your request known that the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. But God says, I ain't going to guard nothing that ain't just. Woo. Now that's good news to me. I hope that helps somebody. Because stop wasting your time and God's time with worldly. The old saints used to say worldly. Worldly requests. Somebody say worldly requests. Because God ain't affirming a cause that ain't just. The Lord remembers those whose cause is just. And watch this. This is why the enemy will try to discredit your response, will try to discourage your response, and will try to deny your response. Watch this. Don't lose your mind when you face opposition to your steadfast pursuit. What a lot of believers do is we fall out of the race at the face of opposition. But here's the good news about opposition when you're trying to remain with God. That's just a sign that I'm on the, my, that my cause is on the side of God. Did y'all catch what I just said? Y'all think that it's just the enemy, but really what God is trying to reveal to you is that you're on the side of God. So watch this. Carla, if opposition comes your way, that just means your cause is on the side of God. Oh, now that's good news to me, y'all. I don't know about nobody else, but when I face opposition, I've got to discern it. Somebody say, with the right lens. I'm not going to lose my mind, y'all. It's just a sign that my, that my cause is on the side of God. And hear this, opposition to your pursuit many times will come in the form of opinions. Y'all heard what I just said? You know when you're trying to do stuff for God, everybody got an opinion? When you try to start a church that God told you to do, everybody got an opinion. When God told you to start a business, somebody say, everybody got an opinion. When you want to marry folk, when I wanted to marry my wife, my wife got all kind of opinions about why she should marry. Somebody say, right now. Everybody got an opinion. Uh, that, 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 that's the sign. But I hear this. I need you to consider something. Can you go to the next screen? Notice I, didn't, I, need to, I need you to understand what happened to Hannah. Uh, we spoke about this a few weeks ago. Notice what her husband said to her. Why do you weep? When she knew God had not opened up her womb, why do you weep? Why do you not eat? Why is your heart grieved? Am I not better to you than ten sons? Somebody say that's opposition and opinions. It's opposition and opinions. It came, watch this, from a well-meaning place. Somebody say it was her husband. But it served as a subtle means of stopping her pursuit. Listen, she could have easily said, I'm not going to pray to God. The Bible says that she went yearly to go to pray to God when her womb wasn't open. Some of y'all will stop after a few months if God don't open your womb. Did y'all hear what I just said? Y'all think that you infertile. This woman went yearly to the house of the Lord to pray and her husband, watch this, somebody say well-meaning, came and said, why are you doing all of that? But hear this, I need y'all to catch something. It can still, even from well-meaning people, it can serve as a subtle, watch this, a barrier to your pursuing God. But somebody say be wary of opinions. When you're trying to do things for God, you got to watch opinions because those opinions can come from people that you love. Y'all, did y'all hear what I just said? And they can stop you from pursuing what God told you to pursue. Somebody say Hannah still pursued. She still pursued. Even if it's your husband, don't allow anyone to hinder your pursuit of a just cause. Because watch this, when the Lord remembers you, he will affirm your response. Ooh, that's good news to me, y'all. And I'm almost done. Let's look at this last portion of our text. The Bible says he shall surely give them a possession of inheritance among their father's brothers and cause the inheritance of their fathers to pass to them. God provides an open door to what has been set aside for you when you continue to pursue. Your open door is dependent upon somebody to say my pursuit. 
Somebody say my pursuit. God will open a door when we continue to pursue. And that's good news to me. So here's what I'm trying to say. Many folk, when they're trying to do these things for God, they like to try to create a door. Somebody say, you ain't no, you, you ain't no, no wood framer. Somebody say, yeah, ain't no wood framer. Uh, some of us try to covet another's door. Y'all, y'all know when I see how they got it, I want to covet how they got it. Somebody say, you ain't got to covet. And watch this. Many of us watch this even have to get a connect to get in the door. Woo. Somebody say, I ain't got to do all of that. Listen, you ain't got to create no door. You ain't got to covet nobody's door. And watch this. You don't need no connect to get in the door. God says, if you continue to pursue, I'll provide a door. Somebody say, he provides the door. Oh, that's good news to me because herein lies the problem with many believers is many stop their pursuit to make a door. Somebody say, do it their own way. Rather than allowing God to open a door. Here's the thing to note about doors that give you access to what has been set aside for you. These doors, somebody say, they're providential. They're providential. In other words, they require the proclamation of God and the power of God. Somebody say, I ain't got no power to open a door. Did y'all hear what I just said? You do not have the power to open the door. I'm going to give you Bible because some of y'all are looking crazy. <laughs> Notice what Revelation 3, 7 says. These things say he who is holy, he who is true, he who has the key of David, he who opens and no one shuts and shuts and somebody say, no one opens. In other words, I don't have the power to open the door behind what God has set aside for me. And here's the good news. This means God controls the door, and all he's asking you to do is continue. Somebody say continue. If I can just remain steadfast, at some point he's going to open that door. I ain't got to worry about, listen, nobody has the power over the door that's been set aside for you. Somebody say, stop giving people so much power. They don't have the door. I don't care what it looks like. It can be your mama. Somebody say, they don't have that kind of power. Uh, hear this. What do I mean? They don't have to support your pursuit because you, all you got to do is remain steadfast. Listen, they don't have to stand with you in prayer. All you got to do is remain steadfast. And watch this. They don't even have to co-sign on your petitions. All you got to do, somebody say, is remain steadfast. We, here's the problem with a lot of believers. A lot of believers don't want to walk alone. And many times in this journey called life, in this journey that God has us on, there's going to be some things that God calls you to that's going to require you, somebody say, that I walk alone. And many of y'all can't get so bent out of shape when you know God told you to start the business and nobody supports you. I'm tired of folk on social media that's complaining about folk that don't support them. If they don't support you and if God told you to do it, somebody say, do it anyways. Listen, I had folk that tried to discourage me from planting a church when I planted it, but somebody say, I did it anyways. Because I don't need your cosign. I don't need you to connect with me. I don't need your watches. I don't need none of that. Somebody say, I just need God. And listen, when you get to the place, if you can't never get to the place when God is enough, you don't need to do anything for God. Did y'all hear what I just said? We've got to get more mature in our walk to say, God, you're enough. Because watch this, the Bible says, somebody say, even. Even when your mother and your father forsake you. The Bible says he'll still be with you. There's going to be some folk that you're going to walk with in this journey that you thought would never leave. People like that one, I thought you'd never leave. But I've got to get to the place, somebody say, well, God is enough. Somebody say, well, God is enough. God is enough. God is enough. Because watch this, they don't have that kind of power, but he does. You've got to stop trying to get people to approve of what you're doing. Because watch this, they don't have the power to give you access anyway. Listen, I had people who I thought were spiritual mentors in my life that did not approve of what I was doing. But it didn't matter anyway because they didn't have the power to give me access. Somebody say, I only want to please the one who gives me access. Oh, tell you, I want to please the one who gives me access. 
if you live for the approval of men, you'll never get the access of God. That ain't even in my notes. If you live for the approval of men, you'll never get the access of God. And watch this. All I want is the access of God. Some of y'all living for the approval of man. If your mama don't like you, you ain't doing it. Somebody say the devil is a lie. In other words, when the Lord remembers steadfast women, he gives you access to your reward. Notice what the Lord declared in our foundational text concerning the daughters of Zelophehad. The Bible said you shall surely give them a possession of, your, of, their, of the inheritance. Their access to their reward was only attainable because they remained steadfast. And here's the word of wisdom. Many open doors in your life simply require your obedience. Did y'all hear what I just said? God ain't looking for your effort. God ain't looking for your know-how. God ain't looking for your resources. Somebody say he's looking for my obedience. We think God wants everything else other than our obedience. Somebody say he's just looking for a yes. God is looking for somebody that will say yes to him so he can say yes to you. Now that's good news to me. And herein lies the reason why some have failed to see God open doors in their lives. It's because they failed to be obedient. Notice this. These women simply heeded what God had placed in their heart. They ain't bring no money. They ain't have no resources. They ain't have nobody to back them up. Somebody say it was just them. It was just them and their yes to God. Somebody say give your yes to God. Oh, that's good news to me, y'all. That I don't have to have a resume. I just need a yes to God. I don't need nobody backing me up. I just need a yes to God. I don't need no resources. Somebody say, I need a yes to God. Now, that's good news to me. That these women came with seemingly nothing. And God gave them a yes because of their obedience. Maybe the reason that God has not opened the door in your life is because you failed, somebody say, to be obedient. That's good news, y'all. Listen, I'm going to make this plan. When we started this church, Pastor Cole will tell you, this young man wanted to sell this building. Somebody said, we ain't have no money. We ain't have no money. I ain't have no money. I couldn't buy this building. I wanted it, but I couldn't buy it. But all I gave God was my yes. I said, God, however you do it. Matter of fact, God, if it ain't for me, don't give it to me. Because I only want what you've set aside for me. Watch this, after trying to sell it, and this was when the market was good, y'all. Somebody say the market was good. He couldn't sell it. So he came back to me and said, would you rent from me? And I said, we sure will. And listen, I didn't have anything. We didn't have a lot of folk, but all I gave God was, somebody say my yes. And some of y'all are so hesitant to, to do what God has told you to do. Because you don't feel like you got the stuff behind it to make it happen. And God say, I ain't looking for all of that. I'm just looking for your yes. Oh, man, that's good news to me, y'all. I don't know about nobody else. So the critical questions you got to ask ourselves is, what have you failed to obey God concerning? What vision? What desire? And even what call on your life have you failed to say yes to? Because watch this, maybe the reason that that door is not open um, to what God has placed in your heart is because you failed to say yes to God. Because the yes you give to God will determine the door that God says yes to you concerning. Oh, that's good news, y'all. And y'all know this. Anybody that reads the Bible knows this. Look at first chapter, first chapter, Samuel chapter 15, verse 22. Behold, it is to obey is better than sacrifice. Somebody say, I just got to be obedient. Some of y'all don't know how you're going to pay for school. God just looking for your yes. Somebody saying, I don't know how. Listen, people have given up on children to abortion because they didn't know how to do it. And God said, all I needed was your yes. Let let me tell you how I know all God needs is your yes. Because we had grandmas who made less than us who raised 10, 12 kids. Somebody say, with less. The only reason they did it with less is because they gave God a yes. Oh, somebody say, we need the old saints. I love the old saints. They ain't got all the screens. They ain't got all of this that we got in this new generation of church. All they knew how to do was say yes to God. This is why we don't see the miracles like we see with the old saints. Because all they gave God was, somebody say, a yes. Now, that's good news to me, y'all. 
Listen, I'm done. I needed us to understand something that when the Lord remembers steadfast women by giving them access to their reward. Hear this. The good news is that God always proves himself when we commit ourselves to pursue. God will prove himself in your life when you can just simply commit yourself to pursue. This is why I didn't let the pandemic rattle me. Because all I'm going to do is pursue. God's going to prove himself. This is why I don't let this economy shake me. I know gas high, but I ain't going to post about it. All I'm going to do, somebody say, is pursue. God's going to prove himself. The Bible says, I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor a seed begging for bread. Why, since I was young, but now I'm old. Matter of fact, maybe you're not the righteous. Maybe you're not his seed. Because his seed will pursue and God will always, somebody say, prove himself. I want to get to the place. We should always want to get to the place in God where even when I don't see it, that I just continue to pursue so God can prove himself. I want to know God in another way. Somebody say, I want to know God in another way. When we remain steadfast with the Lord, in the Lord, and for the Lord, our pursuit will never be in vain. If God has called you to it, you must remain steadfast. Then it will be like the saints like to declare, there shall be glory after this. If God has called you to do something, somebody say remain steadfast. There'll always be glory after this. There'll be glory after this. But the enemy will have you to believe that there will be no glory after this. He wants you to believe that your marriage will never get better. Somebody say there'll be glory after this. He wants you to believe that your mama will never act right. I know what it looked like, but somebody say there'll be glory after this. He wants you to believe that the mandate on your life will never happen, but somebody say there'll be glory after this. He wants you to believe all of this so that you do not remain steadfast. I don't, he wants you to believe that your marriage won't change, your mama won't act right, and that mandate will never come to pass. But God remembers and rewards women, and watch this, all God's people that remain steadfast. And as it was with these daughters of Zelophehad, so it shall be with us. The Lord will advocate for your request. I believe that. He'll advocate for you. When you don't want to pray, he'll pray for you. When you, don't, when you can't make petitions to God, he'll make petitions for you. And here's the other thing. If your cause, somebody say, if my cause is just, God will affirm your request. He'll uphold. He hears the just cause. He holds up the cause. And watch this. Don't get mad about opposition or opinions. Just somebody say, I just got to continue to pursue. Because if you get oppositions, that's just a sign that you're on the side of God. And watch this. He gives you access to the door that's before you. That's good news. But I see something greater in our text. And I know it's pretty lengthy, but I want to read it. Look at verses number 8 through 11. Notice what he says concerning these daughters. And you shall speak to the children of Israel, saying, if a man dies and has no son, then you shall cause his inheritance to pass to his daughter. And if he has no daughter, then he shall give his inheritance to his brothers. If he has no brothers, then he shall give his inheritance to his father's brothers. And if his father has no brothers, then you shall give his inheritance to the relative closest to him in his family, and he shall possess it. And it shall be to the children of Israel a statute of judgment, just as the Lord commanded Moses. In other words, hear this. Your pursuit is attached to another's redemption. Notice this. Because these women pursued, other people were blessed. Do y'all see that? There was a law that said only if this man had sons. And because they were steadfast, somebody say other folk were blessed. Could it be that you're hindering somebody else's blessings because you want to give up in the race? That's somebody's redemption. That's attached to you being steadfast. Somebody say, don't give up. Let us stand to our feet. The enemy has been making you believe that it's a good time to give up. Some of y'all have been facing opposition by what's in your mind. The thoughts of the enemy. Whatever you've been contemplating giving up on, get that on your mind. There's some folk that have opinions concerning what you need to give up on God concerning. I know it don't look like it's going to change in the natural, but we've got to know what God is doing in the spirit. God, I pray for these people, God. 
God, that they remain steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in your work. And cause them to know, God, that their labor is not in vain. God, I pray, God, that we realize, God, that you give us an advocate for our requests. So, God, even though we may not feel like praying, you're praying on our behalf. God, you're holy and you're presenting our petitions to the one who can answer our petitions. Thank you for that, God. So even if we get weary in the race, somebody say, I've got an advocate. And God, we thank you, God, that you affirm our requests. God, I know that we don't see any fruit, but God, we know what you're doing in the spirit. Let us continue to pursue God. As long as our cause is just, God, we know, God, that you hear. God, we know, God, that you hold up. So, God, all we have to do is open up our mouth and wait on you to move. So, God, I pray, God, for every believer in this place that the enemy wants to keep their mouth closed. They stop praying for their marriage. They stop praying, God, for their siblings, God. They stop praying for that child. But, God, I pray, God, that they open up their mouth. As long as their cause is just, God, let them open up their mouth and, God, wait on you to move. And, God, help us to stop trying to create a door. God, stop allowing us, God, to help have people confirm doors for us. God, God, stop trying to let us make connects so that doors might be open. We don't need a connect, God. We just need to be connected to you. No man has that kind of power over the doors that you have set before us. You even said in your word today, I set before you an open door. Life or death. So God, we choose life. We choose you, God. We don't need the approval of man. Because if we seek the approval of man, we'll never get the access of God. We want your approval, God. And we'll wait on you to open the door. And God, I pray for everyone that is weary in the journey. God, let them know, God, that somebody is connected to them that, that shall be blessed as a result of their obedience. Their ability to remain, God. There's some children, God, that are attached to our lives that if we give up, God, they miss out on their blessing. There's some friends, God, some families that need to be blessed as a result of us remaining steadfast. And because of that, God, we'll be as um, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58 declares. We'll be steadfast. We'll be unmovable. And we always abound in the work of the Lord, knowing that our labor is not in vain. And forever believe that believe, said thank God and amen. Give God a hand clap of praise. I'm confident that you didn't stumble upon this podcast by accident because God is sovereign. And whenever our sovereign God sends us a message for a reason, he wants us to respond. My prayer is that you respond by allowing the word to be planted in you so that it produces God's will for your life. Until next time, strive to not simply come to church, but to become the church.